Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello Cheeseheads and welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. I'm Paul hosting out of Australia and joining me today um, is the quizzy rascal himself, <laughs> Seb Short. How are you, mate? I'm very good, pal. How are you doing? Oh yeah, that's just amusing me. I, I mean, I'm too old to know that it's anything to do with the rapper and everything, but uh, yeah, the name's amusing me. <laughs> How are you coping with the heatwave, mate? Because, you know, it's got to almost 25 degrees, hasn't it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's been unbearable I, i'm one of those people I, I i love the heat those people who are like it's it, oh i like it warm but uh but not uh not too warm i mean you can you can sod off mate the hotter the better for me and what about you lloyd you're joining us from vienna what's the weather been like in vienna um actually also pretty hot kind of like melbourne-esque like low 30s today um it was one of those weird occasions where you know you put in the washing out to dry and while the the clothes are drying, you're sweating and getting wet every moment. It's uh, too hot, really, but pretty good. It's never too hot. That's the whole point. It can never be too hot. I mean, like, I, I got married in like, you know, 35 degrees. I, I'm used to the heat. I'm more used to it now because we get it pretty pretty well in the summer here. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like there's, it's, it's all about what you're doing, isn't it? It's like, it's like you, you can never be, the clothes that you wear is more important than the weather. So, you know, I'm sitting here laying in a pair of shorts and that's about it. And uh, life is good. That's an image I didn't need. Naked, but, uh, but... naked Owen. We want naked caller back. That's what we should have had in the last show. That's what we're going to have. Uh, nobody needs that. Uh, <laughs> but you, you boys have got no idea about weather. I mean, I, I came over here uh, 18 years ago now. And um, when I first got here, it was I don't know, about 15, 16 degrees in winter. And I'm walking around in T-shirts looking at everyone going, what a bloody hell's wrong with you people? You're all wearing jumpers and coats and stuff. 
Now, I'm sitting in my son's room. It's probably, I don't know, about eight degrees. I am wrapped in a dressing gown and, and all sorts because I think it's bloody freezing here in Australia at the moment. So it's just kind of what you get used to. But we're not here to talk about the weather. Interesting as it is, we're here to talk a little bit about Tottenham. We're going to leave the, the previous stuff to the America's boys who will be doing a midweek show. But let's um, let's just look at the state of play. Where are we at at the moment? We've had, um, we've had Project Restart kicking off, uh, a couple of games in. Lloyd, how do you feel about where the team's at right now? Uh, I feel like we've seen improvements, certainly defensively, in the last couple of games. We were all over the shop before before COVID happened, so um, there's definitely some improvement there, and I think that's probably what we needed. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's still the, the football isn't great. Um, we're not creating the chances that we think we probably should be able to, and a lot of people are just thinking back to how it used to be three or four seasons ago. So. Yeah, work in progress, but I think there's at least been progress. The grass is always green. I remember um, when the whole Pochettino Mourinho debate started, and uh, Owen was waxing lyrical about uh, Mourinho. And I said at the time that I would rather watch us go out with a swashbuckling style and lose 3 2 than watch us grind out hideous 1 0, 2 0 results. And I feel like we're grinding a bit. Seb, do you think we're, we're grinding, or do you think we're just. Like putting in the foundations for something. We are we're grinding a kind of bit of everything really. We're grinding results, and it, it, it is a bit painful to watch. But I'd also say that yeah, the last twelve months of Pochettino was was terrible. It wasn't it wasn't an enjoyable watch. It wasn't like we were losing five four or something like that. It it was there was some horrible horrible games. Um, and I, I've been thinking about this, and I think we should take Mourinho from. The, the the first game of the restart, yeah, he's had his three months, his preseason that he kept talking about, and how we wanted to you know get on the training pitch and stuff like that. So let's go from Manchester United game, and there are definite uh, defensive improvements, as Lloyd says, um, and hopefully, if we're all putting our positive heads on, he sorts that out first, and we start to see us create more and more chances. You know, there's no doubt that the West Ham game was an improvement from the Manchester United game, and. Let's see if we move forward. So if there's these defensive improvements that um, that you boys are talking about, why the hell is everyone getting on Dyer's back, Lloyd? Because they've been doing it for the last two years and it makes sense to continue. I mean, like, I was a Dyer fan from the beginning when he was in... I mean, to be fair, when he, was, when he first went to defensive midfield, I couldn't understand it because I didn't think he'd played there before. But he grew into the role and became a really important part of that fantastic team. So... Um, but they're just that there are people that have decided that Dyer's not good enough. Now, if you play a low block, Dyer's lack of pace doesn't seem to matter too much. Um, the fact that he doesn't turn particularly quickly doesn't seem to matter too much. So he, he obviously sees a future there himself. Mourinho is obviously a big Dyer fan. I mean, I Dyer couldn't ask for a, a better manager to have right now. So yeah, maybe confidence is high, and, and he, he thinks that you know this is this is his future. But um, for most people, I mean, I'm guilty of this too, right? Like I have my opinions and I don't really want to change them. And maybe two games is is a bit quick to change an opinion. But I think that people just, it, it's it's really difficult to, to change your mind on something on such little evidence. And, and Seb, I, so I think that Dyer's done pretty well in the centre-back role. I mean, a dopey haircut and slightly dodgy penalty aside, um, I don't think he's done anything wrong. Well, so how do you feel about him at the moment? Best player over the over the, the the first two games since the since the restart, no doubt about it. Um, 
I made a point in one of my articles that before he gave the penalty away um, against Manchester United, he spent pretty much the, the 20 minutes before that berating the players in front of him, namely Winks, um, for not covering. It was coming. He was get, he was being threatened that they, they, they'd managed to isolate Winks over to the right-hand side of the pitch. Um, and so Dyer was constantly, the balls were coming constantly to him. And for a good 20 minutes, he dealt with everything. You know, that, that tackle on Martial um, to, to, to stop what would have been a goal was, was, was superb. But there was going to come a time when he was left to make a rash decision or lunge in on one or something along those lines because it was getting a bit frantic. Um, he reads the game, I think, really, really well. And Pochettino saw that, and that's why he moved him into the position that he did. Um, but at centre-back, I, I, I really like him. Uh, I mean, I've, I've, I have always been a fan. Um, I felt sorry for him when he kind of lost the yard when he kept having repetitive injuries. Um, but I like him. I've got no problem with him lining up at centre-back every game. So I, you, you said making a rash challenge. I, was, I don't think the penalty was a rash challenge. I think that there was uh, a slight sense of naivety that when you know Pogba pulled him towards him, that he carried on that movement and you know made the contact that Pogba went down on, which was really minimal contact. I mean, it was probably more smart play from Pogba than it was from from a bad play from Dyer. But I mean, do you think Dyer's just always got that mistake in his in his locker, Lloyd? I think every player's always got a mistake in their locker. I mean, no one no one's perfect. It's just what what do we want from people? Again, I think right now everyone is still comparing to those that team from three or four years ago, rather than basing everything on what they're seeing in front of them. So, like you know, obviously for years I've said that Lamella was terrible and he's played well for two games. He's done well, right? So it's no different with Dyer. It really isn't any different with Dyer. It's just, is he going to be, like, he's played on the left side of the two, which I think suits maybe him and Sanchez, so it works. Because Sanchez never seems never seems fully settled when he's playing on the left-hand side of the two. So if Dyer's there, we all know that Dyer um, has the attitude, has the leadership skills to to maybe be that that person on the pitch to, to G everyone up. I mean, it's, it's old-school football, but still, Spurs have never really had that, so... It, it's nice to see him make a position, and you know, with Fatongan leaving, we may not need that left-footed centre back that most most people seem to think we do. And it's interesting, isn't it, that people have been going, "Well, why do you pick Dyer ahead of Toby? You know, Toby's a far better defender." But it's actually Sanchez has been picked ahead of Toby. So, what what do you think, Seb, that um, that is causing that to happen? Why is Mourinho picking Sanchez ahead of Toby Alderweireld? Old you can't play. Alderweireld and Dyer in the in the same team, there the, there would be too much of a lack of pace, um, and you would get you would get turned in behind. I think Sanchez is the cover, Dyer is the 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 combatant. Um, I mean, the other thing about Dyer is he's twenty six. Yeah, I think we forget this because he's been at the club for so long. He's got years ahead of him if he can stay fit. You know, he's got potentially eight to ten years. Um, so you know, we should. Give him a chance. He's not let anyone down so far in this position since the restart. Um, yeah, there's there's not a lot more to say. But Sanchez is is getting picked ahead of Toby to 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 provide the cover, to provide the pace round the back. Um, but if if you attack down the the right hand side, I think we've covered pretty well. Aurier we know doesn't get back, but Sissoko is making those runs back. Bergvine made those runs back. Um, so again, we're covering down that side. I mean, this is it. Like our defensive system now is completely different to what it was under Pochettino, right? Like we're playing with a relatively settled four, right? 
Um, yes, we know that the the right back can go forward, but we're not pushing into the into the opponent's half the whole time. There were plenty of times when Dyer played in a back three um, under Pochettino where he did get exposed because the pace of the let's say something like I think Martial scored a goal against him at, at Man United once, and and Dyer looked completely out of sorts and just didn't seem to know what he was doing. But if you if you're going to play like kind of two stoppers. Um, we we know Dyer's got a decent passing range. We know that if you don't ask him to do too much, he'll do it well. But I think sometimes you know defenders are kind of caught in two minds, and Mourinho doesn't like that. He doesn't want people to almost have too many choices to make. Like this is your job, stick to your job, and and Dyer's done that. So um, yeah, I mean he talked about his age. Fatongan joined us at twenty five, so there's very little difference really. It's just a question of can Dyer really really make that place his own. And it's interesting that you know when I've seen recent links in um, in the press about players, there's been Diego Carlos from Sevilla, who's um, 65 million release clause, and as Lloyd rightly said earlier, I think that if he had a six and a half pounds release clause, we might buy him. But other than that, it's not going to happen. Um, but I'm not seeing us linked with fullbacks, and for me, the fullback is probably our biggest problem. You got Serge Aurier, who. I, I still cannot work out what the point of Serge Aurier is. Um, and then on the other side, you've got Gentle Ben, who, you know, is is great defending, but he's not going to push it forward and he's not going to, you know, create those lung-busting runs that someone like a Rose would do. So, Seb, where, where do you see our fullbacks going? Are we going to persist with this system where we just have Serge Aurier doing what the hell he wants and then the other three have to cover? Or, you know, are we going to bring someone in and actually defend as well? What's... What's your thoughts on that? Irrespective of what you want your fullbacks to do, we we need more of them. Um, we can't you you can't play a whole season with just Serge Aurier right back. I, I don't think there's anyone at the club um, who can play in that position. I know we've tried Foyth. I know that there's there's poten- potential other people have mentioned Sissoko. We, we need another right back and we need another left back. What you want them to do? I'm not quite sure. Obviously, we play this system. The only issue I have is, you know, we know that system. So opposition managers are going to know that system. It would be nice to think that we have the opportunity to maybe turn it around. People have mentioned Sessignon at left back. I can't see that. I don't think Sessignon will play for, I don't think he'll he'll barely get any minutes this season and I expect him to leave on loan in the summer. Um, so I think those are two those are two positions that we need either reinforcements or a, a first team. I have to say, actually, I watched a game the other week in the championship with Nathan Ferguson. He looks a good player to me. He's someone that I would want to take a punt on, um, especially if West Brom don't get up. They might need be looking to sell. Um, and uh, he, he looks a, a decent proposition. I actually thought he was better than Max Aaron's when I've seen Aaron's play. I'm not being impressed by Aaron's. But on the flip side, I have been impressed by Jamal Lewis at Norwich. I think he would be another good option at left back. It's it's interesting. Like I feel like every summer we 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 kind of find a, a player in the championship. We think, okay, like this person, if they don't go up, could be something for us. And then they go up, right? So Cessignon did it a couple of years ago. And then Grealish went up last season, and I, I found myself doing the same. Like today, I watched a, a Nottingham Forest game, and um, I'd heard lots of good things about their right back, who was a converted winger and now just bombs forward from right back. His name is Matty Cash. And it's the same type of thing. You think, now now that we've noticed him, um, he's probably going to get end up getting promoted and you don't blame them for staying put because they, they, they get premiership football um, for, the, for the team where they play every week. 
So I, I, it's good news for all the Forest fans out there, but um, probably not so good for Spurs. Yeah, Ferguson, I think, is out of contract anyway. So I suspect he's going to leave regardless, which is good news for whoever gets him. But yeah, like, can we can we provide them the platform? I, I feel like we see a lot recently where players have negotiated like release clauses into the contracts so that it makes it easier for them to make the next step up, right? Whether it's Holland when he left Salzburg to go to Dortmund, and then again at Dortmund he's got one. There's another guy at Salzburg who's you know, been touted all around Europe for, to make the next move, and he's got a release clause going. So it, I think we're seeing now that players are kind of plotting their way to the top the best way that they can, and Spurs clearly have a few a few gaps that need filling. So yeah, if you're going to be brave, make the jump to Spurs. Uh, do you think that um, for players who are in those, um, you know, in the championship, whether they come up or not, that the pull of someone like Mourinho is enough to to drag them to, to Spurs as opposed to going to another club set? Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. Also, <laughs> you, you're not you wouldn't be silly by looking at Spurs and going, I think I can be as good as Aurier, or at least I'm going to get some game time. I think I can be as good as Ben Davis, and at least I'm going to get some ba- some game time. So you know that you're not joining a a United or a, or, a, or or someone else where you, your game time's limited. Um, yeah, I think I, I still think there's a, a massive Mourinho pull. Um, I mean, me and Lloyd have actually talked about it um, ourselves earlier. Where maybe if you're um, if you're 19 or 20, then Mourinho was um, a bit before your time. If you're 24, 25, maybe not. But I still think, irrespective of that, that. Spurs, you know, that stadium, that training ground, playing with Harry Kane, you know, all those things come into it as well as the Mourinho pull. And he's got some good coaches around him. You know, we shouldn't forget that. Um, so I, I think it, we're still a big pull to, uh, to to any young player. And, and Lloyd, if you did, let's go beyond the young players. If we're looking for someone who's established and you've got a choice of going to Old Trafford under Solskjaer or Tottenham under Mourinho, which one are you going to choose? That's a good question. I mean, because I, I made it pretty public in the summer that I was surprised that Maguire went to Man United. I mean, I know apparently he's a Man United fan, but like having Solskjaer in charge didn't seem to be a particularly smart move because I think we all expected him to maybe struggle more than he has. But now it's slightly different. Like you, you look at the teams above us, um, most of them don't really have major weaknesses. They, they, they've kind of they've either bought well or the, the team is quite settled. So you're looking at, you know, maybe us, maybe Arsenal have massive problems that that you know you think okay, I'm going to get a chance to play for a big team, big games, European football almost certainly guaranteed. Wolves probably aren't going to lose any of their players. Their team is pretty settled. Leicester they might lose a couple, but you know again like it's a pretty settled squad there. They 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 know what's going to happen. So yeah, if you are looking at uh, to make that move from a from a lower prem team or from a championship team. There aren't many better than Spurs. I mean, I think Spurs are still more stable than Arsenal are. We're a better prospect right now because uh, our, our squad is younger. We've got we've got a chance to grow together. That's what we did in 2005 when Yol took over. We had a lot of young players. Same happened with Pochettino. But those those two spells are pretty much when we got going. So if if Mourinho gets a relatively young team together, the next two or three years could really go somewhere. And you mentioned the, the mob down the road. I, mean, I think that a lot of their problems are caused by the way they they buy in players, you know, like the, the Ozils and, and that kind of thing in the world. And they, they're not able to gel them into any kind of cohesive unit. 
Um, I think that that a lot of the criticism of Spurs from particularly from fans over recent years has been that you know we don't go out and buy all these big names and bring them in, and we should be doing that to to win titles. But if you look at what the the filth have done, it's not worked. Whereas we've created a more cohesive unit. Does that um, does that policy work for you, Seb, or do you want to see the big names coming in? The policy doesn't doesn't work for me. Um, yeah, I I, I want to see a big name. Yeah, I still will say that the only big name, big name that I can remember Spurs signing in the last twenty five years is Klinsman. I cannot remember us signing an established world class player in that time. Endembele, our record signing, is a punt. Sanchez was a punt, Soldado, a punt, Lamella, a punt. I can go on and on and on. It is, can we turn this player into a world-class player, either for us to have as our world-class player, or more likely, can we sell him on for profit? So, yeah, and it will never change under Levy. We won't go out and sign the world-class player. We will sign the kid who could be a world-class player or the player who once was a world-class player. I fully expected us to sign Ibrahimovic. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's all wrong for me. Um, that I, I don't like the transfer policy and, but it's been like that for 25, 30 years. So it's, it's, it's never going to change. Not, and, not- and, and I think that that is the complete opposite to how I feel, right? I feel completely like when Klinsman signed for us, he was 30, right? It was the fag end of his career. So he's making a move. He was playing for what either, was it Monaco where he was playing somewhere in France? He signed for Spurs. It was a new adventure for him. It was kind of like, you know, last payday saloon. I feel like what Arsenal have been doing for the last four or five years is what Spurs did in the 90s. Just buy people who were proven, but at the fag end of their career, like John Scales, Leonardson, people in the, the, the Poyet. I mean, Poyet was a good player for us, but he was, what, 31, 32 when he signed for the two years that he played for us. I just think that I understand the logic of, yes, you, you, want, a, you want a name, you want someone, but... I want someone who's in their prime at 25, 26. Like, had we been able to get Dybala last summer, which would have been a massive mistake from Juventus to let him go, that would have been the first signing where I'm like, okay, okay, we're taking someone else's reject. I mean, let's, let's put it politely. Like Juventus, they, they had to want to sell him, right? There had to be a reason for him to leave. The quality was always there. But I just feel that for, for Spurs to really get anywhere, for any team to get anywhere... You want to build and buy correctly. And that's what Spurs haven't done. Age, yeah, okay, yeah, it's important. But, you know, if you get the right 30-year-old, it doesn't matter. But we've been signing, you know, short-term people for, you know, for a number of years. Davids came in, did a job. Nabit came in, was okay, probably helped King's development. Lorente came in and barely played. So it's, it's all about getting the right people. And I just feel that as much as you know, that, that team that we, we all talk about, that I've spoken about tonight, that that team is is gone and they, they grew together and we, we, we haven't we haven't dealt with the transition well enough. So now we have to kind of grow again. Maybe you know we get someone in the summer to to augment the maybe eight or nine players that we think okay this is going to be the next the next real team of ours and f- for the next two seasons we can go somewhere. Then we might have to think about replacing Kane somehow. But that's that's going to be the way forward. The idea of bringing in 29, 28, 29, 30-year-olds, I just I don't like it because 
it's not even about sell-on fees or anything. It's just they're going to be on established wages. You can't really get rid of them afterwards unless you subsidize it somewhere else. So it's not about the fee that's being brought in. It's just the understanding that they're going to stay with you until the contract is is done. I, I just think that's that that's where you are if you end up signing players. I don't say in their prime, but like to me, the the, the true intelligence of of being having this job of signing players and getting the right players is that you ma- you manage to find the player before they become famous, and you manage to sell them before they drop off a cliff. And if no, you can do no. that. Then, then, then you're going to be successful. It's no, I, I don't agree. Uh, we could probably debate this for a long time, but I always remember. I think it was Teddy Sheringham saying that the day Jurgen Klinsmann walked into that club, people, people sorted their shit out. They, it was he was a world class player. He'd done it on a world stage, repeated, you know, repeatedly, and we haven't signed anyone like that. And I tell you now, that is what we miss. We've got world class players. We've got Harry Kane. We've got Son. Okay, we've got a World Cup winning captain. We need in August or September or whenever it is, someone walks in that dressing room and they almost own it before they've even opened their mouth. And that we haven't had that for 20, 25 years. We haven't made other players shape up. Wow, he's won this, 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 this and this. You know, they're all too matey. They've all known each other for so long. There is no one that we have that kind of, yeah, everyone says Harry Kane, leader, you know, f- follow his example. Great. But he's been there for so long. It's, it's, it's every day. You know, there's nothing changing. There needs to be someone, probably the only person we've had in in recent times who might make someone sh- shape up and go, wow, is Mourinho himself. We, we haven't got any other winners. I, I think that, that there's, there's right and wrong in, in what both of you are saying. And I think it's it's fair to say that we haven't gone out and pulled in that world-class players that, that make people pull their socks up. But there's also a flip side to that, that you get someone coming in who's done all that. Um, and these people who've been at the club for a long time are there going, well, what about me? I've worked my ass off to get us to this point. You know, and you just bring in this this Johnny come lately, which, you know, we all know Levy's not going to do anyway. So it's it's really not up for debate you know you're right he does take punts he takes punts on on all sorts of players and I've heard Lloyd many times call Lamilla a punt so you know I know that that's uh you know that's what Levy does do you think David Silva said that when City bought in Bernardo Silva said what I City's a completely different that wasn't a team that that wasn't a team that was brought up together from 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 fairly young and taught to play together and and taught to have this really cohesive unit. I mean, you, you look at the way that our players are with each other, you know, and and what what they seem to to do to defend each other, and that you don't see that at City. And I'm not saying that that either's right or either's wrong, but I'm just saying that you have to see the good in each part, and you have to find this balance between having a a, a team that will sweat blood for each other, and you know, a couple of glory players who you can drop in that without upsetting that balance, and that's really bloody difficult. I feel like if if you look at the best team, right, which is clearly Liverpool, all of those players, if they didn't come through the Liverpool youth system, all of those players came in as a, a proven but maybe not a great. Do you know that Firmino came in a lot of money from Germany? No one really knew much about him then. Mane came from Southampton, was wanted, but again, like w- w- at Southampton, he wasn't a world beater. Salah had been rejected by Chelsea and done well in Italy. Like they they bought players that we'd heard of. But none of them walked into the room and was like, right, I am going to drag us to the next level. None, none of them did that. 
I think the only person who probably did that was the manager. So Sebastian has a point by saying that Mourinho is maybe the person to do that. But I feel like both City under Guardiola and Liverpool under Klopp bought players to play the way that the managers wanted to play the game. It wasn't about, you know, who's got the biggest balls. It, that, there's nothing to do with it. It was just, we are going to work together and create something that that will... And of course, it, it got results. But, I mean, Liverpool not winning the league with 97 points is crazy. But anyone getting 97 points is crazy. The fact that they've done it two years in a row, or they will do at least, and you know, Man City have got incredible amount of points. It, it, it's to do with getting the right player, right? Whether they're 23 or 27, like Walker obviously strengthened Man City and weakened us. That was a no-brainer. Bernardo Silva was a lot of money, but you know they got Mendy, who wasn't so good. But they, they, they bought De Bruyne, who was a failure in England, but again, did really well in Germany. You just don't know, but you trust your belief in the quality of the player. And if, like, you, know, you can't just go on, on what someone has won and think that it's going gonna, it's gonna to work or help the team. It, Liverpool had a problem at centre-back. It was obvious. It was obvious to you, me, everyone else. They went out and bought the best rated centre-back they possibly could. Liverpool had a problem at goalkeeper. They went out and bought the world's best goalkeeper. He was rated as the world's best goalkeeper before Liverpool signed him. City had a problem with left-sided centre-back. They went out and bought the best left-sided centre-back in world football, Imeric Laporte. It, but, but it, the thing is, it, but none, none of them had won anything until they joined those clubs. But they were still they, <laughs> but so like like I, mean, I understand what you're saying, but you, you're going to tell me that Klinsman comes in and he's won the World Cup and he's won this and that before he joined the. That's great, but those players hadn't actually won anything before he, they joined the clubs that they're at. He's Jurgen Klinsman. He made everyone go. We've just signed Jurgen Klinsman. Yeah, his name went before him. I know, but no, again, none of that happened with those players that we're talking about with the teams that we have, who are the best in the country right now. Like, okay, if you follow. I mean, where was Laporte? Somewhere in Spain? Yeah, if you follow Spanish football, you'd have heard of him. The guy's never played for France. So I, I understand he's a great player. And I understand that they've been ratings, but, you know, Alisson was at Roma. They didn't win anything. Van Dijk was at Southampton. Now, granted, what can you win really at Southampton? But the point still stands. They, they were the best players for what they needed to do, and they paid a lot of money to get them, but it had nothing to do with their past as winners. Now, that may be something that we miss, but we missed it because our manager wasn't a winner. So he didn't know himself. The players didn't know. Right now, whether you, you know whether you think it's still true, Mourinho has proven to be that winner. So if anyone's got that mental ability to, to help us make that next step, you'd hope it's going to be the manager. Because I just don't see us, like, who are we going to buy that, that wants to come in and ha- having won lots of trophies that's going to sign for Spurs? It's just not going to happen. They're going to be 30-31 wanting a nice pay packet, which, to be fair, they're probably already on a bigger pay packet somewhere else. I think what's really interesting about this whole debate is that 7HG are normally just agreeing with each other left, right and centre, and somehow I've managed to drive a wedge between them. All you have to do is say the word Danny Rose. That's enough. <laughs> I'll reply with what, what I want to do is deal with the elephant in the room. Um, and that is the the Scousers winning the title. Um, and I've had um, I've had mates, Spurs mates, coming to me going, oh, are you blocking all these Scousers? There's a, there's a guy over in Australia called Alex. So I don't normally do shout-outs, but shout-out to Alex Carver because um, he's been listening to the pod for ages. 
and it's nice to have cheese heads around us. Um, and Mimes is saying, how many Scousers have you blocked today? I'm up to double figures already. <laughs> and the truth is, for me, I don't really give a shit. I don't care. So long as it's not the mob down the road, I really do not care. If we're not going to win it, someone else can win it. All good. Lloyd, are you are you pissed off that Liverpool have won the title? No, not at all. Partly because I, I like Klopp and I, I like the way they play. But yeah, I don't, I didn't, I grew up with Liverpool fans. Maybe it's because I've been away for so long, but I don't, I don't have that bragging right part of my life. Like Monday morning at work doesn't mean anything to me from a football perspective. So I can imagine if it does, then you're still going to be working with these people that grew up being Liverpool fans and have waited so long, et cetera, et cetera. But no, I, I, I'm, I'm, they deserve to win it. They deserve to be where they are. And I, I don't, I'm not upset that you know some people are going around saying we've actually won something because why not? That's what we would do. Absolutely. And, and Seb, you're the only one out of the three of us who is... Uh is sitting in the old country, although, to be fair, you're in the Midlands, which shouldn't really be counted. Um, <laughs> so how is it for you? Are you uh, are you pissed off with Liverpool fans or do not, you just not care either? Not at all. No, I, look, good luck to him. Out of all the teams at the top that could have won it or, 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 or are trying to win it, the lesser of all the evils, you know, God forbid that the South London lot ever, ever get there. Um, I live in a house of Man United. Well, I live with a Man United supporting wife. That, that would be unbearable. Um, I fucking hate Chelsea. So that would be awful city. I can't stand them because they just buy everything. So no. So out of all of them, if anyone's going to win it apart from us, I, I guess it's probably them. So good luck to them. And let's be honest, they play fantastic football. They've aligned everything from boardroom down to pitch. Yeah, fair play. All right, Seb, Seb, I have a question for you. Who do you want to win the FA Cup? Oh, <laughs> oh it's that, yeah. It's, it really, my weekend has not gone, got, not gone well watching that shower of crap. So uh, I, was, I was begging, I was just praying Norwich could do something against United. But um, I, I, I have to hope it's City because A, they've got Arsenal in the semi final. So I want City to win that. And yeah, like like Lampard and Oli, I don't want either of them to have a trophy at that you know first time of really asking. So, I, I, City, please make make sure you win it, please. I think you worked that out well, mate. I, I'll go with you. I think it's the lesser of all the evils. Um, look, so we've been uh, we've been planning to do a bit of a quiz this week, and um, I had a, a an email from Vlad which I, I shared with Seb, um, and I won't try and do the voice, but uh, but Vlad says. Um, Seb, your questions are too hard for someone who has English as a second language. I want to come back and take on HG, but uh, I need them to be a little bit more gentle. So if you can just adjust all your questions that you've written, Seb, so that when Vlad dials in, he uh, he doesn't get upset because the last thing we want to do is upset Vlad. Um, you've got 10 minutes, mate. Um, before we go to that, Lloyd, any other business, anything else that you want to bring up from this week's football? Um, only that I'm happy that Leicester keep on losing and that Brendan Rodgers' mask is falling and people might actually see what a useless twat he is. Um, that, that's oh, do you not like Brendan Rodgers? No, not really. I, I, it's, it's been a while for me to get there, but it's uh, it, it's nice to see them struggle. And I've got nothing against Leicester. I don't hate them for when they won the league. I just, I hate him. I hated Liverpool when he was their manager. I don't really care. You know, I quite like Liverpool now. It's It's him. It's all him. So there's that. There's also something, um, German football, which I watch quite a lot of, um, it had their final day of the season over the weekend, the first division and the second division. And really, really funny stuff has happened, um, especially with Hamburg 
who uh, managed to somehow not have a chance of being promoted. All they needed to do was was draw their final game today against a team called Sandhausen, right? Like mid-table, nothing to play for. They only needed a point at home and they lost 5-1. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. I've got, again, I've got nothing against Hamburg, but you, you do like to see it sometimes. You really do. And Dortmund had a, a toweling at the weekend as well, didn't they? They did. And I, to be fair, I think that might be something that really helps them because, you know, again, meaningless game. They were going to finish second anyway. But yeah, Kramerich, the old Leicester striker, scored four when Hoffenheim beat them 4 0 in Dortmund. And so. Yeah, like I think Dortmund surely are going to be looking for a new manager, um, and that's got to be a good thing for them because Lucien Favre has never given me any confidence. So I, I know that, that, that there's a theory in Germany that the big teams like to have a German-speaking manager, and so if Pochettino's not learning German on the side, he may not be considered. But uh, I think if I was Pochettino, I'd be gagging for that job. You know, young players used to playing a high-press system, options galore up front. It's it's a no-brainer, really, for Poch if he wants to get some kind of monkey off his back. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, and I, I think you're right. I think it would be a good job for Poch. It's just whether uh, whether he can brush up on his Deutsch quick enough. Um, Seb, any other business from you before we go into the quiz? Well, just talking about Dortmund, I was surprised to see. Um, I think they, they've they signed Mounier, which surprised me. Or they're going to sign Mounier from PSG, um, available on free transfer. Um, I'm surprised that that's A, where he's gone and B, that there weren't better options for him, including Spurs, obviously. And then I've also heard that um, the current incumbent of Dortmund's right back or attacking right back, I guess you could call it, Hakimi, who's a player I think would suit our system fantastically, um, looks like he's on his way to Inter. Um, Again, a surprise for me. Um, And I would hope that we were in or at least aware of the conversations that were going on. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot happening in uh, in the transfer market already. Um, and I just hope we we get involved, as we talked about earlier in the show, and uh, f- fill those, uh, those spots that are needed. But good news for Daniel Levy is they're looking at extending the transfer window so he doesn't have to get his work done in August anymore. He can go all the way through to October, which, you know, he's going to love that shit. Um, I think that... Between the three of us, we've solved all the problems of the world in the last half hour. So well done, lads. Um, We are going to hand over to Seb, who's been preparing diligently for the quiz. We had hoped to to have uh, a fella from Adelaide dialing in, Gary King. Uh, Unfortunately, Gary can't make his computer work, so um, he's not with us. So instead, we have brought in the substitute. We've brought in uh, Vladimir Nikognikrajny from Siberia. So hello, Vlad. How are you, mate? Hello, fellows. How are you? It's nice day. Yes, I am very well, and uh, I am hope that uh, that Mister Seb is not going to be uh, how you say uh, a dick with his questions. Seb, do you do you want to take that one? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I don't know what uh, how you how you are not a dick with your questions. They they they're not easy. I'm not going to lie. Um, anyone who saw me and HG try and do the uh, uh, the take on we are Tottenham TV on YouTube. Uh, I know that HG knows his stuff. So to make it fair, um, you know, I've, I've tried to, I've tried to balance it out, but you can choose. You, look, there's three sets of questions. Vlad, you can have first choices to, to which one you want to do. One, two or three. I am what the easy ones. <laughs> right. Okay. I think the easiest ones are set three. So if you want set three, you can have set three. 
Okay, it's good. We will do this. Uh, yes, number three is for me. Well, uh, okay, so, so um, Seb, I'm going to hand over to you, and I'm going to let you. Uh, I'm going to let you take this one because I need to get my brain in the gear because I'm, I'm really feeling that I can take HG out here. Okay, right. So before we start, there's like an extra question that I will ask you now, and you've got time to think about it. And then after we've done the standard questions, we'll go in order. Um, because there are nine answers to this question. So we can kind of go through and you each get a turn to to see if you can come up with an answer. Okay. So the question... Does it have to be the right answer? Oh, yeah, it definitely has to be the right answer. But it's a chance to earn bonus points, basically. So if you can't, uh, if you do a, an Owen and uh, and get zero out of 10, um, you, <laughs> might still, <laughs> you might still get an opportunity to... Um, to add uh, at least three points to you. Is, is that why O is at the start of his name? Owen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So the question is, and this don't don't say anything now. This is to to think about and uh, and kind of come back to. So there are nine teams that Spurs have played at least twice in European competition and never beaten. Okay, so when we come back to this, I want to go round in order and you name me a team and we'll see if we can get the nine teams that Spurs have played at least twice in European competition, but never beaten. How do you spell European? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right, okay. Vlad, you said you wanted to go first and you said you wanted to set three. Is that... uh, Yes, I I am am good to go first, yes. Number three, give it to me, big boy. Okay, right. I've given you, I've given everyone two minutes as well to answer these. If you know the other players that are playing, if you know the answers, don't say them out. We'll come back to them and we'll we'll, we'll go through them after. So, Vlad, two minutes is enough for the caller to make love twice. Yes. <laughs> once he's once he's got off his peloton, obviously. Uh, so, two, Vlad, two minutes start now. Uh, what was Spurs' first away game of the season? Who was it against? I hate you already. I know this uh, one. <laughs> I am going to say uh, Everton. Uh, no. Uh, before Liverpool, who were the last British team that Spurs played in Europe? Manchester City. Yes. Complete the cup winning midfield lineup Lennon, Genus, Malbronk. I uh, hate you. I, I know which cup this is, of course, but uh, I cannot think who else is played there. Okay, we'll move on to question four. Uh, who currently wears the number 21 shirt? <laughs> Why don't I bloody do some revision on these things? Okay, we'll move on question five. Otherwise, you're going to run out of time. How many players have been sent off for Spurs in the Premier League this season? Three. No. Who comes next? Endembele, Sanchez, Sissoko. He's Lamella. No. Uh, before Gareth Bale, who wore the number 11 shirt? Van der Vaart. Yes. Which player has the most Premier League assists for Spurs this season? He's probably Vladi Aurier. No. Apart from David Bentley and Aaron Lennon, name either of the other two goal scorers when Spurs drew 4 all with Arsenal. 
Uh, Keane? No. Which player who made 93 appearances for Spurs was sold to another Premier League club for £15 million and then is transferred to another Premier League team where he currently still plays? Where do you learn this shit from? <laughs> Does your wife never make love to you because you have too much time on your bloody hands? I'm just quick. That's all it is. <laughs> I do not know. Okay, so well, you, you did well to actually get through the 10 questions. Just a shame that you didn't get many right. So, uh, question one, Spurs' first away game of the season, anyone? Man City. Man City. It's, uh, my, it's my birthday weekend, that's how I know it. Ugh. You did very well. Uh, question two, to remember that obviously we played City pretty much, you know, a few games before. Um, because I was trying to rack my brains and thinking, was it was it Hearts? Was it Hearts? And forgetting about City, so... You did well for that one. Uh, the cup-winning midfield, Lennon, Genus, Malbronk. Modric? No. Huddleston? No. Mm, no idea. Zakora. Zakora. Didier Zakora. <sighs> okay, who wears the number 21 shirt? Uh, Foyt. Yes. How many players have been sent off? Which is why I don't know. I've not seen him for bloody six months. <laughs> <laughs> How many players have been sent off for Spurs in the Premier League this season? Is it just Son? No, it's two. Yeah, I think um, Vlad said three, so it's two. It's Son and Aurier. Oh, yeah, Southampton. Okay. Who comes? Well, surely Aurier has gone more than once, so this counts, yes? (laughs) (laughs) No, funnily enough, it's Son that's been sent off more than once, but obviously it was was rescinded against Everton. So um, who comes next? Endombele, Sanchez, Sissoko? Oh, this is it, about the money, yes. Yeah, it's, if it's not Lamella, Soldado? No, it's Lo Celso. Lo Celso, yeah. You got the Van der Vaart wearing the number 11 question correct. Um, which player has the most Premier League assists for Spurs this season? Son? Yes, it's Son. Okay. Um, apart from Bentley and Lennon, name either of the other two goal scorers when Spurs drew 4 all with Arsenal? Ben got one of them. And Genus. Yeah. Bent and Genus, yeah, correct. And then the player who made uh, 93 appearances for Spurs was transferred out for 15 million and now plays for another Premier League club? No idea. Nothing's sprung to mind there. No, Paul, do you have any idea? I have not got a clue, mate, no. Uh, the only and- one I can think of for that money was Vimmer, but he's not anywhere. No, that's Andros Townsend. Oh. Okay. Right, uh... HG or Paul, who wants to go next? Uh, two, two, you got two, by the way. Hang, hang, on, hang on a second, hang on a second, Seb. Uh, that question then was wrong, because didn't we sell Townsend to Palace and then he went to Newcastle and then he went back to Palace? No. Or was it straight to Newcastle and then on to Palace? Straight to Newcastle. Then oh, to Palace. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he got he got relegated with Newcastle. Oh, okay. And then, and then transferred to uh, to Palace. Well, that's minus ten for Lloyd for butting in and getting shit wrong. <laughs> Well, right. So, uh, HG or Paul, who who would like to go next? Uh, I'll, uh, I, yeah, I'll, you, I'll you go next. Yeah. Okay. Right. So the the questions are very similar, along the same vein. Uh, Ten questions, two minutes, and your time starts now. Who is Spurs' last home game of the season against? <laughs> um, it is against Leicester. Yes. Who were the English? Uh, the, sorry, who were the first English team Spurs played in European competition? The first. Oh no, Wolves. No. 
okay. what the missing team? Okay, so Drogada, Feyenoord, Bayern Munich with a gap, Hadjuk split, and elect. Oh, it's the 84 UEFA Cup run. Uh, you, you said you said you told me Bayern, right? Yep, after That's Bayern. Between Hadjuk. Bayern and Hadjuk. Oh, Austria Vienna. Yes. Who currently wears the number 22 shirt? Uh, Gazaniga. Yes. To the nearest hundred, how many clean sheets do Spurs have in Premier League history? <laughs> to the nearest hundred? <laughs> I, I, I want to say 100, but that's not right. Um, <laughs> uh, wait, how many seasons? Okay, let's go 200. No. Who comes next? Jürgen Klinsmann, Ili Dimitrescu? <laughs> um, who do we sign next summer? Uh, Popescu? Yes. Before Gareth Bale, who was Spurs' most expensive sale? Oh, blimey. Before Bale. Uh, I can't be right, but I'm going to go... Oh, wait. It's Modric or Berbatov. I'll go Modric. No. Which player has made the most Premier League appearances this season? For Spurs. Yeah. It's a bloody Spurs quiz. What do you... Uh... Okay, uh, who's made the most... Be quick, Lloyd. Toby. No. Apart from Berbatov, name either of the other goal scorers when Spurs beat Reading 6-4. Melbronk, I've no idea. Yes. Which which player only made 31 appearances for Spurs, was sold to another Premier League team for 17 million and made just 19 appearances for them before being loaned to a club in Belgium? Oh, that is Vimmer. That is me, man. <laughs> I'm so glad that fellows helped you out here. <laughs> okay, Lloyd, you got one, two, three, four. You got five. Not bad at all. Good work. So, uh, Spurs' last home game of the season against Leicester. Uh, the first English team that Spurs played in European competition, anyone? I mean, I, I knew Wolves was in the 70s, so someone in the 60s, but I, yeah. I don't know. Any other guests? Chelsea? No, it was, it was Man United. I think they actually knocked us out as well. I think 63-64. Um, okay, cup, cup winners. Okay. Uh, you did very well to get Austria-Vienna. That I, I put that in there just for you, but <laughs> you, you did very well to get that. Uh, Gazaniga. Yeah, I reckon you two have been in bed together working this through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to the nearest 100, how many clean sheets does Spurs have in the Premier League? Well, if it's not 200, it's got to be 300. It is, yeah. They actually have yeah. 299 clean sheets in Premier League history. All right. So when we start the next season, we might get number 300. <laughs> hey, hey we, come on. We're on a roll. We're <laughs> one. Um, right. Uh, Klinsman, Dumitrescu, Popescu. Well done with that. Uh, before Bale, you got the wrong guy. Who is Spurs' most expensive sale? Berbatov. Berbatov. to United, yeah. Uh, which player has made the most Premier League appearances? This surprised me this season. Uh, okay. Well, who did I say? Toby. Is it bloody audio? Is it Lucas? It's Lucas. Oh, yeah. that he teaches pet. Uh, apart from <laughs> apart from Berbatov, name either of the other goal scorers when Spurs beat Reading six four. You got Mal Bronk. Anyone know the other one? No, I mean, I remember where I was when the game took place, but I didn't watch it. <laughs> That's why I remember. <laughs> uh, it was Jermaine Defoe. Oh, okay. Okay, and the last one, question ten. You got Vimmer. You did very well with that. Although you did get a helping. Yeah. Game. You can thank me for that later, Lloyd. <laughs> Paul, like anyone, well, there's been a little bit of banter going on. Um, I think Paul kind of fancies his chances. So, um, 
got I've got ten very similar questions ready for you, Paul. Are you are you, uh, are you ready to try and knock Lloyd off his perch, mate? All over this fat kid cream cake. I'm going to fail miserably, but let's give it a go. Okay, uh, right. Your two minutes starts now. Who is Spurs' last away game of the season against? I don't even know who we've got left to play. Um, I know this. I don't know. Uh, Sorry, what did you say? Sheffield. No. Uh, Who were the first British team that Spurs played in European competition? British. Celtic. No. What's the missing team? Blackpool, Oxford, Portsmouth, Gap, Arsenal, Nottingham Forest. Oh. Oh, I know this. Oh, good for you. It was on BBC. Thanks for that. I watched it on BBC. Right, okay. It's a 91 quarterfinal, but I can't remember who it is. Um, yeah, you're going to have to move on because I won't get it. Uh, who currently wears the number 19 shirt? Uh, 19, 19, 19, 19. I hate you. Um... <laughs> you need to get everyone. Uh, I don't know. Okay, moving on to the nearest hundred. How many Premier League goals have Spurs scored in the Premier League? Come on, seven hundred. Oh no, bloody hell! That would be that would be catastrophic. Uh, who comes next? Steven Bergvine, Gedson Fernandez, Lacelso. No, Arthur Gareth Bale. Who is Spurs' most expensive? Uh, sorry, second most expensive sale. That wasn't my, wasn't that my question? No. Yeah, that was Berbatov. No. Which player has the most yellow cards this season? Um, I'm really confused because it was Berbatov last no. time, so why is it not Berbatov this time? Which player um, has yellow cards this season? Aurier. No. Apart from Berbatov and Stalteri, named either of the two other goal scorers when Spurs beat West Ham 4-3 in 2007. Um, Genus. No. And last question, I'll let you have it, even though you're out of time because you're failing miserably. Which player who only made 66 appearances for Spurs was sold to a German team for £17 million but is now back on loan in England? Um, uh, Bentele. Yeah! Save the best till last, Paul. I think That's, my best. You got, you got one, pal. Yeah, oh, beaten by Vlad. That's fucking, that's really sad, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to retire now. <laughs> okay, so going through the, who is Spurs' last away game of the season against? Palace. Yes. Who is the first British team that Spurs played in European competition? That would, No, the first, you said was Man United. There's a different question, surely. No, they were the first English team. Oh, British. Oh, I have no British idea. was Rangers. Okay. Okay, what's the missing team? Blackpool, Oxford, Portsmouth, Gap, Arsenal, Forest. Notts County. Yep. It's Notts County. It was the game that after, I'm pretty sure Gazza gave the interview saying he was going to go and get measured for his for his suit because uh, they were going to play Arsenal at Wembley. Um, who currently no, wears- no, no, no. That was after the Arsenal game he said that. Are you sure? Well, yeah, why would you wear a suit for a semi-final? Uh, that's a good point, actually. Maybe I've got, yeah, I must have got my, uh, I must have got my, my, uh, my Gaza interview. But Gaza did score in that Notts County game. He won, he won the game. He was yeah. lucky to get sent off as well, if I remember. He elbowed someone crack, right crack in the face. 
Um, so, uh, but yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I might have made a mistake there. Uh, who currently wears the number 19 shirt? Sessegnon. Sessegnon. So the nearest 100, how many Premier League goals have Spurs scored? Bit tricky, but 700 was was way off. It's maybe double, 1,300, 1,400? It's actually 1,600. They've scored wow. 1,897 goals in the Premier League. Uh, who comes next? This is a bit of a trick, I've got to be honest. Uh, Steven Bergvine, Gedson Fernandes. <sighs> yeah, I mean, is it players we've signed or like... It's players we've signed. Wasn't Fernandes before Bergvine? Are we going backwards? We're going backwards, yeah. So it's Bergvine, Fernandez. Who would you sign before Fernandez? Well, Paul said Lacelso. If it's not Lacelso, um, I don't know. Vlad, you very quiet. I am very quiet because uh, I didn't know the answers to my own questions or HG's questions or fellows' questions. So why the bloody hell would you ask me anything? <laughs> uh, it's Michel Vorm. Oh my gosh! Sorry, guys. I knew that was a bit of a, a bit of a trick one. Um, right. So this is the. Well, hang on. So are they permanent signings? Because, you know, surely the Celso's loan to buy signing comes in between those two. So I think you're stitching me up there, mate. I think I've actually got equal points with Vlad. No, do not do this, fellas. I'm better than you. So you cannot have more points. Piss off. <laughs> uh, well, we've still got... The thing is, we've still got the the, 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 the round-robin type question. Well, the nine teams, by me, yeah. So um, after Gareth... So after Gareth Bale... Who is Spurs' most set, most expensive sale? So we obviously sold someone in between Berbatov and Bale. No, sorry, I've got that wrong. We sold someone after Berbatov that wasn't as as expensive as Bale. That's what I meant to isn't, say. Isn't that Modric? No. But Modric went for what? 35 million? Someone went for more. We sold someone for more than 35 million. Oh, Walker. Of course, Carl Walker. Uh, so hang on one minute. Uh, I, I just want to say a big thank you to Seb for asking a question wrong and still penalising fellows for not getting it right, even though you ask it wrong. This is well done, you. Didn't ask the question wrong, guys. Come on, you yeah, got it. Probably stitched up. <laughs> uh, which player has the most yellow cards this season? God, can it just be Lamella for the fun of it? No, it's not Lamella. Uh, who else has played often? Is it Lucas again? <laughs> It's Harry Winks. Oh, really? Uh, okay, apart from Berbatov and Stalteri, two other goal scorers in that game? Taino got one for sure. He did, and Jermaine Defoe got the other. Okay. And God, that must have been the only time Taino scored. He, he wasn't really well known for it, was he? No, but it was a really good goal, which is why I remember it. Like The, the assist from, from Lennon was fantastic. Lennon was um, unbelievable that day. It was really good. Really yeah, but you've got an anorak brain, Lloyd, so... Yeah, I didn't even watch that one live either. I just I, I remembered it, thinking, "Wow, that was a really good goal," which back then didn't seem to happen too often. I don't I don't remember us scoring amazing goals, but for that reason, that one just stuck. I don't know why. Okay, guys. So Lloyd, you're on five. Vlad, you're on two, and Paul, you're on one. But there is there's recompense because we'll just go round in in order. Uh, and see if we can name these nine teams that Spurs have played at least twice in European competition and never beaten. Okay, there are some obvious ones and there are some pretty... Uh, Do do you mean like beaten over the two legs or you mean beaten in one game? In individual games. Okay. There are plenty of teams that Spurs have played once and not beaten, but these are the teams that Spurs have played at least twice and in European competition, that's all European games. And not I am go first. Yes, let me go first. I want to play. 
<laughs> come on, Vlad. Go on then. You can go first. We'll go in the same order. So, so Vlad, HG, Paul. Barcelona. Vlad, you can have that one, mate. Barcelona is one. We played them four times and never beaten them. Crap, that was my first answer. Go <laughs> on, <laughs> HG. Can you... Uh, if you uh, too hard, I'll give some clues. But... I want to say PSV. Uh, no, that's not that's not correct. When did we beat them? Uh, I couldn't tell you that, but I know. Well, then I'm right. <laughs> uh, Paul, come on. Give me with an answer. Um, uh, who was the lot that knocked us out of the, um, the UEFA Cup? Because it's the only time we played them, the Belgian ones. Uh, he's on. He's on. He's on to one. Genk. Gen. Yes. Genter. Yes. Genter. Well, not Genker. Probably, I reckon that's one of the two hardest answers uh, of the nine. So, well done with that. Vlad? Fellows does like the hard ones, though. <laughs> Come on, Vlad. Need another answer. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, let's let's pick an Italian one. Let's go Juventus. Very well done. Juventus is another one. Oh, Never bloody- been European competition. Of course we've beaten. Of course we've beaten PSV. Every like last season, I'm an idiot. Um, uh, Basel. Spot on. Well done. Yeah. Where the fuck did you pull that one from? Because because we, we lost on away goals. That's how I remember it. Okay, there are five five answers left. Uh, Paul. Um. Well, Vlad had some success with Italy, so let's pick another Italian team. Um, the only one I remember us playing. I know we didn't beat his Lazio. Well done, Lazio. Those are the, there's no more Italian teams left as a clue. Okay. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, would you like me to tell you where the where the teams come from, or shall we carry on? I, I think I've got one more that I'm that I might know. Okay, we'll carry on. But it's Vlad to go next. Okay. If you tell me which one it is, Lloyd, I will test for you. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I think I uh, the the other team that knocked us out of uh, UEFA Cup, the uh, the Orange team. Um, I don't think we played them any other year, so it must be them. Uh, Seville. Yes, Seville is another another answer. Well done. I thought you yeah, were else then, but yeah. That, that uh, was mine. That was mine. The Seville game because I just remember going two 0 down at home, thinking, "Okay, it's over. Great." That was really gutting yeah, that I- night. Tell them we are in bed together discussing this, Lloyd, because it will... <laughs> um, who else have we played? Oh, blimey. Uh, yeah, okay, now I want to know the countries. <laughs> well, let's go through another round so it's fair. So oh, okay. Um, let's go with... Uh, oh, my God, we've beaten them, we've beaten them. Uh, Kaiserslautern. No. That's not that's not correct. We beat them at home and they beat us away and then okay. Paul? Your inner wreck is slipping, yes? Mm. <laughs> I've you guys there's treble points on this as well. Right. Do I not get a um do I not get a clue here or oh, no, have not been through a round yet? The last of the the, the three. Um it must be an English one somewhere. Um I'll help you out. There's not an English Wolf. one. All oh, right. Well, that was a bit late. Uh, thanks for letting me get the answer before you say there isn't an English one. <laughs> I, didn't hear you say, um, I didn't hear you say it. You can carry on. You can have another go. I didn't hear you saying Leipzig. Leipzig, because we, we've only played them this year. Leipzig. Leipzig is one. Okay, so so you can definitely have cl- a clue, because it is hard. You've done really well, guys, by the way. There's two left. 
Um, so how can I give you a clue? Okay, they're, they're Eastern European teams. Oh, boy, me. Okay. Vlad, you're up next. <sighs> Eastern European. This is a very small place, so it must be hard. Uh, it's not White Star Siberia. Uh... I can give you another clue as well. I'm pretty sure these are both relatively recent in the last, at least the last 10 to 15 years. Okay. Uh, um, they were obviously... I cannot remember yesterday. How the hell do I remember this? They were... Uh... All right, I think I might know one. Europa League. I think I might know one. Okay, Vlad? Uh, no, I, I cannot... I cannot think of, of anything. My <laughs> mind is blank. <laughs> do you want to pass? I now know what the colon must feel like. <laughs> Vacuous. Uh, yes, I, I will have to pass. HG, go on if you think you know one. Shakhtar. Shakhtar is correct. Okay, there is a very tough answer for the last one. Paul, if you get it, mate, you could you can win the whole quiz. I'll give it to you. One guess. Well, no, come give me a country. No, no, no. You come on. It's Eastern Europe. You just gave it. To, you just gave it to everyone else. Oh, he just said Eastern European. I said Eastern European. Um, it's not one of the Moscow's. It's not Romanian. Do you know Lloyd? No, the the one. Um, no, I don't. Vlad, do you know? No, but I tell you what, I am doing. I am looking at the uh, the interwebs now, and Greece is not in Eastern Europe. So you are talking out of your ass once more. Greece is in Eastern Europe. No, so it's not. It's a Greek team. Greece is Eastern Europe. No, Be- it's not. Bloody not. You are stitch up fellas. I do not like to stand up for fellas, but you are stitching him up because Pauk is a Greek team and Pauk is not in Eastern Europe. This is like saying that that London is in Berlin. You are an idiot. <laughs> I've been to Greece. It's in Eastern Europe. When I went to Eastern Europe and then I moved a bit further south, I'm still east. Say, so what is the name of your geography? Because Vlad needs to go and break his legs because clearly he is no good at teaching. Well, I think it's Eastern Europe, and you're right with Pauk Salonika. My clue was going to be Dimitar Berbatov, um, but yeah, it's Pauk. Those are the nine teams. Ghent, Shakhtar, Seville, Leipzig, Lazio, Baal, if that's how you say it, uh, Barcelona, Juventus, and Pauk are the nine teams. Uh, Vlad- it doesn't matter how you say the answers, because you just make this shit up. <laughs> Look, guys, I've done my best. I've come up with 30 questions and uh, and nine other uh, answers for you to get. So I did my best. Vlad, you did very well, actually. So don't don't in, don't carry on insulting me, please. I, I, you make me cry. Uh, five five in total. Um, HG seven in total. You're the winner, and Paul four in total. So I hope you. I still got beaten by Vlad. <laughs> This is because you are inferior, fellas. You are only English. I am Siberian. Oh, I can't believe it. Seb, thank you. You've done a great job on pulling together some questions that no human being could possibly answer, um, which is why Lloyd wins. Um, so, so, thank you, mate. Um, it's been a long one. Which is what I enjoy. Um, and it's been fun. Thank you very much. I hope you've all enjoyed it listening. Um, don't forget, the America's crew will be coming out with a preview this week. And I think Franco might even be diving in on that to uh, to bring a European flavour. Um, and we'll be back after the games to, for HG to talk all about it and explain to you why we were really bad. Um, 
until then, thanks very much for joining us on the Cheese Room and talk to you soon. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Indeed, yes. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.